You are listening to the strongest podcast in CrossFit. This is the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. Before we start the show, I would like to thank the sponsors that are helping this podcast grow. The first one is Liberté Lifestyle. They have the best knee sleeves in the game. These knee sleeves are absolutely no joke. Uh, they gave me a promo code too as well, Type 1, to get 10% off each item you buy. They also have women's clothes, men's clothes, wrist wraps, pretty much you name it, they have it. And the second one is Hero Barbell. This barbell is by far the best barbell that I've ever used in the game. Uh, it is also the one of the fastest growing barbell companies in the functional fitness community, as well as other branches in the fitness space. So they also gave me a promo code too as well, and which is type one, which gives you 10% off of their barbells. I'm telling you, the spin on these barbells are insane. These are the two sponsors I have, and I want to thank them so much for being a part of the show. And now, here we go. All right, guys, welcome to a new episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I haven't talked to this gentleman in about two and a half years, roughly. He was on my first podcast. He was on the first year podcast where I had like literally, you know, like just wooden walls. That's it. And it was not the prettiest site, but now I got a whole new setup and I'm ready to talk about some new things. So the sexy man himself, Vicky Estebeth, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, great, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, pumped to be back two and a half yeah. years later. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Um, I, I still have the video. So after we did the podcast and you talked about, talked about me on, on your YouTube channel, I was watching it and I literally shit myself and I'm like sitting there like this. <laughs> Oh my God. He just said, he just said type one lifting. He said, Tom Lennon. I'm like, Oh my God, oh, this is amazing. Like I, I, I still have the recording on my phone. I took, I did a screenshot of it. So I screened a recording, but yeah, man, it was, That's unreal. I, yeah, it was such a great time. I can't believe it's been like two and a half years that we haven't talked to each other. I know. I know. It's been too long. I know. It's the lots, whole, lots happened, yeah. yeah, whole, whole COVID year and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's great to see, you know, you're doing some crazy things too, but uh, before all the content creation and stuff like that, I know you have a daughter, so I I want to talk about like family life and stuff like that because I have I have an eight year old son and I have a five year old daughter, and so I kind of want to you know my daughter's turning into like a little diva, I think, so I kind of wanted to get like a male perspective on, you know, how do you handle like certain situations with your daughter and like how do you, you know, raise her to become you know a great a great lady later on in life. Yeah, for sure, man. It's a challenging time. My daughter's 11 and she's definitely coming out of that kind of um, kid stage into more of a, pre, I guess, a preteen. So not as interested in, you know, dolls and toys anymore. It's more about makeup and, um, you know, friends and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's a challenging thing and uh, I'm learning lots. I definitely don't have all the answers, but um, I think me and my wife are doing a fairly good job. You know, she's turning out to be a, a great little girl and, um yeah, I'm definitely nervous for the, the 10 years, you know, the next kind of five to six years going into 15, 16 year old, you know, it's going to be a wild ride, I'm sure, but uh, we're ready for the challenge. So yeah, I mean, being a dad, it's, it's by far the number one, my number one role in life, you know, is being a father. I love, I love yep. it. It's so, it's so challenging, so rewarding. Um, and I try to really be, I try to be really intentional with, uh, with her and, and really, you know, cherish the time you know whilst a kid because you know before you know it she'll be an adult so i'm trying to make the most of this time now and really appreciate what it is uh, which can be hard you know when you're running a business and you know you're someone who's driven and want to make things happen in life you can easily 
neglect, you know, um, mm-hmm. other roles, but um, yeah, I'm trying my best to be intentional with it. So yeah, man. Very cool. Very cool. So mm-hmm. I know, I know she's very interested in friends and all that stuff. So that's, so, and, and obviously that's going to be taking more time away from you, but how, how do you guys connect to be like, you know, a great, you know, dad and daughter, you know, combo and you can include your wife too, but like, you know, I just kind of the dad and daughter aspect. Yeah, I think it's just trying to find, you know, things that she's interested in and just trying to uh, meet her there, you know, like it's easy to try and I always, you know, I found myself in the early days trying to make her do the things that I love, you know, like I try and get her involved in fitness because I love fitness or, you know, I try and take her to the driving range and hit balls because I love golf. And what I've realized is it should be the other way around. I should look at the things that she's interested in and try and really spend time there. So, you know, um, if she's really into playing Minecraft, then instead of going, oh, you know, Instead of going, oh, get rid of the iPad, you know, turn that thing off. It's no good for you. You know, she loves it. Why not actually look at what she's doing, look at what she's building and try and learn a bit more about the thing that she loves, you know. Um, or, you know, she loves makeup. So the other night I got her to, she's got this nighttime facial routine. And I said, hey, what, what, why, don't you, why don't you take me, why don't you take me through your nighttime facial routine and do it on my, like, do it on me. Give me a, a facial, you know, before I go to bed. So it's just, I think, just flipping the tables and not, um, you know, making about her and really thinking about what she what she's interested in and uh and trying to really show her interest you know i think that's that's really valuable so yeah please, please tell me you took a picture of your the nightly uh, facial mask stuff uh, i've got, I got plenty of photos of me you know with uh, <laughs> my, my makeup and uh you know cucumbers on the eyes i don't think we took a photo this time around but um i've got plenty of those photos over the years God, that, sure. that'd be funny if you post it on social post it on like instagram or something like that or, or even do it like a youtube like oh i'm not telling you what to do but like at least do it on youtube saying hey this is my daughter's like you know facial routine and i'm gonna go through it so totally man people would love it i think most of my um audience is kind of you know th- you know 35 to 55 year olds you know and and predominantly males as well so i do think people enjoy that that real content because they can relate to it you know they got kids as well so um yeah yeah it's tough man i think as a parent you really you put so much pressure on yourself to create this great little human, you know, you want them to succeed and be a great adult. And you put so much pressure on yourself to do things by the book. Um, but everyone's story is different, you know, like everyone's, everyone's kids different. And so I think we've got to have a bit of grace for ourselves. I think if you focus on setting a great example, um, that's probably the main thing I've found is like, if I just be a great, a great uh, male around her, she'll learn what a great male looks like mm-hmm. and she'll look for that in life, you know, and same with my wife, you know, she just tries to be a good role model and, in the way she treats me and the way she treats others and uh, kids pick up things, you know, like by just watching you. And um, I think that's way more powerful than trying to like, you know, do things by the book. Cause I just, for me anyway, by the book hasn't really worked with my daughter. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I just continue to feel like I'm failing because I, I read about the principle in the book or what works for somewhere else. And it doesn't work for me. And you feel like you're failing when it's like, you got to take a bit of pressure off yourself and just uh, as long as you're setting a great example around her, she's going to watch and learn from that, you know? So mm-hmm. that's what I try and focus on. Yeah. yeah. So how, how many times have you kind of let her off the hook a little bit? So like, she's like, Oh, I want candy or something like that. And you know, it's like not the best option for her, but you're like, ah, screw it. Go ahead. You know, just something like that. Yeah. All the time. I mean, she's pretty spoiled. Like she's the only child. Um, but you know, my story, you know, we lost a, lost a, a little baby boy back in 2014. And I think for us, because we, we weren't able to have more kids after, after Benji passed away. Um, we kind of spoiled character. She's our only daughter and you just end up, you know, she's so precious to you that um, you do end up, you know, overdoing things sometimes. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely naturally lean towards the spoiling and allowing things and, 
um, I've got to pull back a lot. So yeah, I let off the hook all the time of things. Um, but again, you know, she sees, she sees dad exciting every day. She sees dad trying to eat healthy. I've got a real sweet tooth. So, you know, um, me and her, you know, we'll, we'll grab a, a treat every now and then without mum knowing. And that's kind of our little thing, you know, like, like when she's with dad, she gets to eat chocolate. When she's with mum, she doesn't, you know, so it's kind of a cute little thing that we have. Yeah. So yeah, that's special as well. And again, like she's going to grow up and she'll be able to make her own decisions when it comes to health and all that stuff. So for now, like, yeah, I try and ease up and let her be a kid, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. does she have any interest in like what you're doing for like YouTube or anything like that? It just, does she see you like work really hard and she's like, Hey, I, I may want to try that like later on in life or whatnot. She actually just today, um, earlier today asked me about editing software. Cause she was, um, she was filming herself on her iPad. Um, I think she was filming her makeup routine on her okay. iPad and she wanted to know what the best software was to kind of edit, edit the video. So she's having a bit of interest in that. And then she, um, she follows a few YouTubers, um, you know, people like she follows one one lady that does like slime, great slime. And, oh, that's um, those are so huge, it's insane. Yeah, so she's got a whole lab, you know, and our our laundry is just slime everywhere at the moment. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so you know, she she follows a few YouTubers, and then she sees a dad making videos. So yeah, she definitely has an interest in it. I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, yeah. you're not the type of person that would like pressure her in that stuff too, because I'm, I, for example, like my my son he has a podcast called curiosity and the kid and like we were doing it like every week, but it got to the point where like, I didn't want to pressure him into creating more, you know, more episodes unless he wanted to do it. And then like, you know, exactly. he's taking a break and then finally he's like, Oh, starting to say like, Hey, can we do another episode? You know, can we do like, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Let, let's go. And so, you know, and it's like, even with working out too, like he'll see me working out in the basement or, you know, getting seen like videos of me in the gym and whatnot. And so he's like, okay, can I start working out with you? And so when it's, and then like, I'll do, whenever he wants to stop, I'm going to say, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Just stop. So is that kind of the same what you do? Yeah. It's a fine line eh, between um, allowing your kids to just, you know, um, do things on their own terms, but at the same time, obviously want to encourage them you know, to do well and to try things as well. Um, it is tough. I try and make it seem like it's their idea, well, like it's her idea, you know? So, um, obviously I want her to be an active kid, but she's not that sporty. Like she's not that interested in sport as such. Um, but I'll, I'll try and somehow, you know, engineer it. So it seems like it's her idea that we take the dogs for a walk together or that we, you know, do a, a 20 minute stretch together or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but at the same time, you're right. It's got to come from them, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, when they're young and it comes to, like career interests. I think a lot of parents can be way too intense about their kids pursuing, you know, starting to develop skills at the age of like 10 or 11 for their career. Yeah. I'm like, you know, this, who knows what she's going to be and what she's going to do. So yeah, I just try and encourage her to do all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's got to come from them, especially mm -hmm. if it's something like a YouTube channel. That's, that's very important. There's no, no pressure for them to have to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. So do you, um, um, do you show her like any like CrossFit athletes or any other athletes in general, or like any people that, you know, that you may have an influence on that's like a female that you say, Hey, you know, this is a female that I follow and like, you know, you should just take a look at what she does or this is what she's done. So do you kind of like steer in a path to, you know, show people like, Hey, you know, these are some people you may want to like, you know, not emulate, but just like, you know, look to see what, how they do it. Yeah. I think we're really lucky um, that we have a great church community that we, um, that we're really heavily involved with. And there's, there's a lot of great ladies, great younger, you know, younger females mm -hmm. in the church that kind of um, are really intentional about hanging out with the young ones and 
kind of men- mentoring them as such, you know. So um, we've got like three three of our kind of youth leaders that take some of the young ones out and invest in them and kind of just set the example for them. So that's you know we're really really set up in that in that sense. Um, yeah, not specifically fitness as such, although she does. You know, like I watch a lot of CrossFit stuff, so she sees fit, healthy, you know, females working out and pushing themselves. So she gets a bit of exposure to that, but um, but yeah, she hasn't really shown interest in specific athletes. You know, like she doesn't follow. She's not a fan of like Mel O'Brien or you know Catherine Davis. But she's not really yeah. a, a, a sports fanatic as such. So she hasn't really like lashed onto any athletes. Yeah, um, but she does have some great role models, which is really important. Yeah, that's good. Well, she must like t- yeah. Taylor Swift though. She's oh, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a number one goal in life right now is to try and get to a Taylor Swift concert. Okay. Um, I think Taylor Swift's coming to Australia early in the new year, but it's all sold out. So, um, yeah, yeah, she's got all the posters on a wall, and she's a big, big Swifty. Yeah. Do you know, you know what I've heard. So I don't know if this is true or not, but I bet I can imagine this is true. So, so supposedly. Full-grown women wear diapers during the concerts because they don't want to leave their spot and miss a single, like a single second of the concert. Because they obviously, like the women's line is like really long, but yeah, they wear they wear diapers so they can just watch the whole show and not worry about going to the bathroom. I believe it. That's wild, but I believe it. It's, yeah, that's not insane. <laughs> that's a little bit sad, to be honest. Yeah, I I, but, I, agree. Uh, I was like, it's, it's crazy. You, you're literally like, you know your life is like revolving around this, like one person that doesn't even know who you are. Like, yeah, you're a fan, yeah. but she has no clue. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't yeah, know you. Right. So why, why spend your time with that? Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, a lot of people do that. You know, people are, you know, just want to latch onto something, you know, have some kind of meaning or be part of some kind of group where they can find identity, you know, and often that's with celebrities and artists and whatnot. It's um, yeah, it's not great to be honest. I, I don't think so. Um, yeah. So we, we try to really, it's a tough one again because as a young girl, I do really idolize these people. But we, um, yeah, we try and stay with that word, word "idolize" and try and get it to understand that this is a normal person. She's got great gifts and does great music, but you don't have to like, you know, worship her as such. You know, there's yeah. more to life than Taylor Swift. Yeah, we try we try and talk a little bit about that as you know, as naturally as we can. But yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. So, um, so I know back when we talked before, um, I actually I was I know we were talking about like HWPO like trying to get involved with them and stuff like that. And I sent an email to O'Keefe and I'm like, Hey, you really need to get this guy on the team. And he's like, yeah, we're really, and he sent me an email back saying like, Hey, we're really like looking at this guy. And so when you finally got the green light to work with HWPO, like what was your reaction when you first started? Like when you first got the initial, like, Hey, we want you to come down and then going to Matt's place up in Vermont. Like what was that whole situation? Like, yeah, it was a dream and it's still, yeah, it's still so surreal that I'm now very much part of the HWPO family. You know, three years later, I feel like I'm you know, I'm part of the crew now. Mm-hmm. But looking back, um, we were in Queenstown on a family holiday when I found out when Sammy emailed me and said, hey, we want you to come out. And um, it was literally during COVID. So there was no flights. You couldn't actually fly unless you got an exemption from the Australian government. So I had to write a letter to the Australian government to see if I could somehow get to the cross of games mm-hmm. and i think in the letter i just said something like you know i'm going to go there and document the australian athletes to kind of showcase our great countries crossfit athletes you know <laughs> um i was yeah i wasn't i wasn't going there for any australian athletes but i got the green light from the from the government um and then the next step was to try and find a flight but the only flight you could get was business class flights there were no economy seats that you could book so i had to book these fifteen thousand dollar return flights to the states um 
And I just said to my wife, like, this is going to be an investment in my future. I'm going to just take the step of faith, take the plunge, and hopefully this will turn into something great, you know? And it has. Like, you know, it's now I've done three years in a row for them um, at the games and the opportunities that have come from that and just the friendships and the connections has been well, well worth it. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, year one and two, I paid my own way. And in year three, they've started paying for me to come over, which is, you know, so generous. Yeah. They could just use someone They could just use someone locally. You know, there's some great traders there, but um, that's the kind of people they are, just, you know, really family-focused and really, like, loyal to to their crew. So, yeah, it's, it's still, still unbelievable for me, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So what what was it meeting Matt, Matt and Sammy for the first time? It was the best, like... You know, it's one of those classic ones where they say, don't meet your heroes. You know, you're gonna be just, you might be disappointed. And it was the opposite with Matt. I remember um, my flights were delayed. I was, probably, I was supposed to arrive like 10 at night, which is, you know, a reasonable time. And I was delayed and I didn't arrive for like 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, and Matt, Matt picked me up at Vermont um, Airport. You know, there's like no one there, just just me meeting Matt. And it was, it was just so, yeah, just so natural and crazy. Like, he's just a dude, you know. He's just yeah. a dude, down-to-earth dude. And... Uh, Sammy's a sweetheart. It was honestly so easy. Um, yeah, like from their side, it was supernatural. I was obviously starstruck and, and it took me a while to kind of get over the fact that I was, you know, staying a few days at Matt's house and shooting guns in the backyard and whatnot. It was, yeah, it was unreal. But um, yeah, so grateful. It's cr- it's crazy. I, I, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how, how was shooting the guns when the cops showed up too? Yeah, that's right. You saw the blog? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was insane. Yeah, and just watching him, like, just how, how cool he was with the cops and uh, – you know, and just, um, you know, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that it was, you know, it was all legal and he had it all sorted. You know, the, the range was all, you know, whatever regulations you needed to have in place, he had in place. And yeah, he's just the nicest guy, man. He's just such a, such a down to earth dude. In fact, he's, you know, he's such an introvert and actually quite shy. Um, like I, I tell the story when I film at HWPO at the gym, when I film him and the athletes, he's always getting out of the way of the camera because he always feels like he's, he's in the way. He's like, oh, I don't want to get in the way of your shots. I was like, no, Matt, I'm, you're supposed to be in the shot. Like, I'm filming you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you're, you're the star. Um, but he doesn't want to get in your way, and he just wants to, you know. So he's like that. He's just so humble and so, um, yeah, doesn't want to be the center of attention ever, you know, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I know when you stayed in Vermont, you actually, I think you were in a, you, you were sleeping in a bunk bed with Jake Marconi? That was in Madison. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, so the first year I stayed at Matt and Sammy's house, it was me by myself. Just a oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, it was actually my, it was my birthday while I was there. So I think um, we were having, we were about to have dinner and uh, Sammy made a lasagna. And uh, my wife rung me because it was the morning of my birthday in Australia, but it was like the night time there. And so my wife rung me, FaceTime me to say happy birthday um, while we're waiting for Sammy to bring the food out. So they overheard, they overheard the conversation with my wife that it was my birthday. So Sammy found a... Uh, found a candle and popped in my my uh, lasagna <laughs> and then came out and her and Matt sung happy birthday for me, you know, my birthday, just the three of us having dinner together. Um, so that was, that was really special. And uh, yeah. And then me and Jake, I think me and Jake shared a, a hotel room at the, uh, at Madison at, at the games. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I, yeah. I thought I saw like one of the videos. I don't, I don't know if it was yours video or like or one of Matt's videos that he has a bunk bed in one of his rooms. And yeah. then I, he, I've, for some reason, he said that you were and Jake Marconi were. I don't know if I if I heard it wrong, but like I thought you two were sleeping in the same. Like you know, you guys were sleeping on the bunk beds. Yeah, so they used to have bunk beds in there. Um, it's now their daughter's room, but uh, but yeah, me and, unfortunately, yeah, me and Jake didn't get, get the pleasure <laughs> of sharing sharing the bunk beds. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what what yeah. was it? What was it like? Um, 
well, obviously it was probably your first time in the Northeast. So what was it, what, what was it like in Vermont during the summertime for you? Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was unreal. I think Matt, uh, Matt just bought these two little motorbikes and we were like, you know, using the little motorbikes around the property and um, it's just so lush and green. It's yeah, it's a beautiful spot eh, where they are. Um, everything just, everything just seems like big oversized, you know, I guess it's pretty normal for America, but just, you know, the trucks and the the roads and the the barns, everything's just big and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. I loved it. Um, I was only there for two or three days and we spent most of it at the property. Yeah. Um, so I didn't get to see a whole lot, but then when I went this year, they've got now got the new HQ. And so we were going kind of between their house and HQ. So I got to see a bit more of the lot. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, Obviously, like working with WHC, WHPO, I mean, uh, HWPO, geez. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a little tongue twister, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you're you're filming them and you're getting the content and, and all that jazz. And so there was other content creators there too as well, correct? So, yeah, I mean, yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so what have you learned from the other content creators that you kind of moved into your YouTube channel as well as like filming, you know, for, you know, HWPO? Yeah, I mean, there are so many great creators across the space. It's unreal to go to the, you go to the games at the Wallapalooza, and there's quite literally a hundred, maybe a hundred to five hundred people with cameras. You know, like there's so many creators, and so um, there's definitely some standouts. You know, and I mean, HWP always they seem to, you know, the ones they use are, are great. You know, great creators. So mm. like Eric, Eric, who's um, the guy that worked with me the first year, just an amazing photographer, Eric Castanos. Um, I think from him, yeah, just his videos and his photos are so aesthetic, you know, like it takes so much time with the framing and, and yeah. Um, so I've, I've learned a bunch from him when it comes to this camera settings. It's very technical. So some, you know, some people you learn the technical settings from other people, other people are really good at the gear. Like they know what gear to use and, you know, got all the tips and tricks of the gear. So you got to pick up a little bit of, you know, a bit of something everywhere. Um, and then obviously you're trying to make it your own, like you're trying to still be unique and not be the same as everyone else. So, I think for me, like I've always tried to make myself, I'll set myself apart through the storytelling. So whether I do a 20 minute YouTube video or a 15 second reel, I always try and tell a little story, you know, like if it's a 15 second reel, I don't want it to just be a random shot of someone working out. I want it to be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a storyline through it. Um, so because yeah, these days, to be honest, uh, anyone can grab a camera and, and jump on YouTube and learn how to shoot videos and photos. So you got to really, um, I think you got to really, so folks in the story, what's the what's the story here that people are going to be, you know, captivated by? Um, so yeah, so this year was cool to shoot Catherine, like this the the Matt Catherine coach athlete. Yeah, kind I of, saw um, that video. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, uh, it was such an easy video to shoot because Cat's so great in front of the camera, um, and Matt's such a passionate coach. So it was such a fun year where I could you know go behind the scenes and just get that coach athlete perspective. It was amazing. Yeah. So um, if anyone what, has, yeah, yeah. So so what was the, what was the video? What was the section of like? the content you were creating for that video that really stuck out to you and said, man, like this, this is definitely going to be, going to be in the video. Oh, let me think. I think, um, man, there's so many cool moments. I think, I think Kat, like obviously Kat had a few rough years, you know, and she just um, moved camps over to HWPO. And I think just um, realizing the history that Kat and Matt has and just how they, I think a really, a really deep, friendship has gone a long way back i don't think people realize that so you kind of think oh yeah these athletes know each other but those two are really they've been friends for a long time um, obviously matt used to train with cat at Contrain train under ben bergeron back in the day so they have a lot of history and so um 
yeah, just seeing how intimate and how special their friendship was, especially towards the end of the video, at the end of the games, like, you know, there's them embracing and, and Matt telling Kat how proud she was of him and or how proud he was of her. Um, yeah, I think she kind of broke down and she was so happy that she was back in the top 10, you know, and mm-hmm. she was so excited for the for the next season. So I think just that, that last 10 minutes of the video is really special. Just It really showcased um, just their how, how special their friendship is, you know. Um, and I knew people would love that. So, yeah, it was cool. Awesome. Now, question about this one. So if you – since I know Matt and Catherine has like a, a long friendship like since comp trade, do you think if Matt was her training partner – through the whole process, do you think she'd be winning more championships or do you think she'd be kind of where she's at right now? No, I think, I mean, I don't know how much his, I don't know how much him as an athlete would benefit her. Cause I think he'd be so self, he needs to be so selfish. Um, I think he can give, he can give her a lot more now that he's focused as a coach. So he, he's an all in kind of guy, you know? So when he's an athlete, he's an athlete, he, nothing else matters. You know, you've heard him on all the, all the content he's put out. It's very clear that, he only cared about one thing that was winning across the games. That's all he all he cared about. No one else, no nothing else mattered. So I don't think he would have been able to give much to anyone else, um, other than you know being a, a great training partner. But even then, he probably won all the workouts. It was pretty demotivating as an athlete to just get beaten time and time again in training. So uh, it might have been even detrimental to her performance, to be honest. But now as a coach, he's channeling all that passion he used to have as an athlete. He's channeling that toward being a coach. And he, yeah, he's a great coach. Like he fires up. He like, he lives, yeah, he lives out what the athlete's going through on the field. Like if you, um, if you watch him, you know, if he, while he's watching a workout, he's on the edge of a seat, you know, he's like just jumping and he's just, he's living what's going on out there. So he's a great coach. And I think um, I'm excited to see how Cat goes this year again, you know, like a second year under, under Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be great. Awesome. So have you given any, him any coaching tips at all? Like since you were a former box <laughs> owner being like, Hey, you know, I the way I taught my guys or this this and this or like when I ran this box you know I did this this and this. There's no freaking way. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I, I, nah, I haven't. I mean, to be honest, I thought I thought about it because they got a few young coaches. They got um, a young coach called Josh, and I want to say he's early twenties, like twenty three, twenty four, mm-hmm. and he's coaching. He's Amanda Barnett's um, kind of you know coach of the games and stuff. Um, and yeah, I was thinking about that. Like I felt. Um, yeah, I was like, I'm a videographer, but I've got a you know I've got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to coaching, and I was kind of thinking, I wonder if I could coach a games athlete, you know? Um, but uh, it's a special, yeah, it's a hard thing. It's a it's a pretty stressful environment that week, you know. The athletes are it's their one chance, and it's, yeah, as a coach, you just got to make sure you know keep them calm, and yeah, I don't know, it's a really tough job as you know being a games athlete's coach. Yeah, yeah, I, I think if you're I think if you're a games athlete coach, there's that's like your one focus. You really can't venture out into anything else. So like, yeah. obviously with like doing YouTube content, there's like going to be like long nights and you're going to be waking up like groggy and like trying to watch them and be half asleep. And you're like, yeah, look, that looks good or something like that. And I can't really focus <laughs> exactly. well. So yeah, I can, yeah, that's, that's a hard, hard, hard job to do. Yeah. I mean, it's athletes. Are, it's an emotional roller coaster, you know, like, um, I mean, some of them are pretty level headed and, um, like watching Kat, she wasn't that stressed throughout the weekend. She was pretty happy, you know, happy-go-lucky kind of attitude. Um, but imagine being like Daniel Brandon's coach, you know, for example, or just someone who's a lot more emotional, even like a, a Jason Hopper, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be tough, you know, to kind of ride those those highs and lows of him, you know. Um, so, yeah. So it's interesting can, to watch. Yeah, so can you tell me a story of what, like when Matt talked to or like Jake 
talk to their athletes if they had like a rough time at an event and they were kind of like really down did you videotape or like have you seen any like any reactions or you know caught like you know talking back and forth about hey you know this is just you know just forget about it be a goldfish you know just switch it off and then you know wait for the next one yeah i heard matt say to cat um after a bad event he said you got five minutes i'll give you five minutes to kind of mourn and you know think about it and feel sorry for yourself and do whatever you want to do but once the five minute clock's over we're moving on it's in the past you know so um that was really cool to see him kind of go hey i'll give you i'll give you five minutes you know, to kind of you know <laughs> try, try your tears do what you have to do like go go bash something or do whatever you have to do but once that five minute clock hits we're moving on next workout let's go you know so um i think it's kind of like the hwpo attitude uh, of all the coaching athletes yeah is try and move on pretty quickly yeah 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 have you have yeah. any times that like when matt said don't film this oh hell yeah 100 percent yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's there's definitely times where he's like, "Hey, no camera." Um, he's very good like that. Like he's very straight up. You don't have to. You don't have to guess. You don't have to second guess like what he's feeling or thinking. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty straight up. Like if he doesn't want you to be around, he'll tell you. You know. So um, and I, I appreciate that. You know, it can be a bit tough at first when you're, you know, a new videographer and you're just like, you know, um, so excited to be there and you want to tell a good story. You want to capture everything. Um, it's yeah, it's pretty rough that first time you hear. You know, you kind of get that call from Matt to to back off. Um. But, uh, but I appreciate it, you know, like it is helpful as well. Um, yeah, I'd hate to put something in the video that, you know, he didn't want to be in there. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So does he watch all the videos too before they get put out at all? Or how, how does that work? No, no, not Matt doesn't, but um, Sammy and the team. So um, Presley is now the uh, kind of, I guess, the head of marketing or the you know, head of media. So, um, so yeah, they've got, yeah, Sammy and, and Presley kind of look over it um, and give the final sign off, ask for any changes. Um, I'm not even sure if Matt watched the videos. So I hope he does. <laughs> I <didn't, laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, he's pretty focused. Uh, on, yeah, on the athletes and the coaching side of things. Yeah. 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 So, um, have you been to their new gym in Vermont? Or have, so, what? What is that like? Have, like when you walked in there, were you like just mouth just dropped of like all the equipment and like the the um, the rigs and all that stuff? Like, what what was your first reaction when you saw it? Honestly, I think it's perfect. Like, it's not actually um, over the top. It's got everything you need, um, but it's not over the top. So, you know, they've got enough equipment for, you know, 12, 16 people to train at once. Um, they've got, like, a special uh, a rig that's built like the one at the regionals or the games. Um, that's a, se a separate area of the gym, I guess. That's kind of for simulating games workouts or regional-type workouts. Um, but, yeah, this is a beautiful space. It's just... Um, yeah, it's perfect. It's just perfect. And for, from a content perspective, like having the black and the greys, um, they've really thought about, I think they've really thought about how content would present in that space as well because it is a beautiful spot to film in. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, no, it's not it's not overkill, but it's uh, it's, just, it's just right. You know, it's got the ice bath, it's got the sauna, some offices. Um, yeah, just classic. Yeah. Yeah. So have you yeah. been up there during the wintertime? No, no, I've only been there during the game season. Yeah, dude, yeah. dude, it like so. I'm from I'm from Massachusetts, which is like right below Vermont, and like for, obviously Burlington gets hammered with snow, but like it is not fun during the winter time because it is cold as hell. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll just keep going there during the game season. Enjoy the <laughs> summertime. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could be a snowbird from Australia. Just like go for like when it's getting winter time oh. in Australia. Just go go to go to uh, the United States. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this year goes with, um, yeah, with things being in Texas, and um, it's gonna be interesting to see, yeah, how it all how it all shakes up and how how it changes. Yeah. Yeah. So did did they? I'm trying to remember. They do they have the dates set out already for the Texas 
already? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they've actually released dates. They've definitely released the dates for the regionals and the locations. I'm not sure about the games. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. 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 So yeah. if you go if you go to Texas with uh, HWPO, are you going to get a big belt, Texas size belt buckle? Hundred percent. You know it. <laughs> get, the, get the get the boots yeah. and the hat and everything. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm thinking about taking my family with me this year for the first time. Um, so yeah, it'd be cool to get a bit of a Texas experience and uh, yeah, kind of share that experience with my daughter, and my wife. It'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 hot down there. During, this, during that time, it is really hot. But uh, yeah. but so when you when you go to these events, what what do you typically bring? Because obviously, flying from Australia to the United States, it's it's difficult because you, I mean, I don't know how many how many bags you pack, but like, what do you typically bring for you know gear so you can be a you know be able to film what you need? Yeah, I actually travel pretty light to be honest. Like I um I'm not a big gear guy. I think the the smaller my setup can be the better. Like I want to be nimble, um, especially because myself's blog style. I don't want to be thinking about extra piece of equipment other than just what I need to focus on. So I just travel really, really light. You'll be surprised at how little I travel with. I do take my drone with me every year. Um, other than that, I've got two camera bodies, maybe three lenses and my drone, and it all fits my backpack that I take on carry on, you know? Um, so I don't check in my camera gear. I just keep it on me for the whole trip. And then, um, yeah, there's lots of clothes, lots of change of clothes and shoes and, but a training gear, I take my knee sleeves and my grips and my skipping rope, nice. just in case. Um, yeah. I, ne- I never, I never get to train as much as I'd like. But um, yeah, no, I actually travel pretty light. Yeah, don't go too crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember in your vlog when you came back to Australia, you had to stay in a hotel room for like two weeks, roughly. So yeah, man. Obviously, like, what what was your mindset going? Like, just sitting there. Well, obviously, you had an assault bike from your friends and like other things, but. I mean, it was a small area from where I saw in the video, but what, like, how was your mental mental space in that whole two weeks if you just locked into that, that hotel room? Yeah, I think the saving grace for me was that I've just come off this amazing experience for the first time with HWP at the CrossFit Games. So I've come off this massive high and I've had all this content to kind of work with and and uh, edit and play with. But um, it was an awful two weeks, honestly, like, I'm a pretty, I consider myself a pretty stable, like mentally stable person. And I was finding it really challenging. Um, so we, the room I was in, I wasn't, there was no windows. I couldn't open the windows up. I could look out the windows, but I couldn't get fresh air. And then um, they would like knock on the door to give you a food and then close it. So you couldn't go out at all. So I was literally stuck in a one, a, just a little, little single bedroom uh, for two weeks straight. It was, it was awful. It was a really terrible time. So I was, um, I was two weeks in the States and then two weeks in the hotel room. So a month away from the family. Um, and the worst thing was I was up in Brisbane. So I'm like an hour from home, but just knowing I can't get out for two weeks before I see my family, it was, yeah, it was torture. It was, um, yeah, something I don't really, I don't really agree with, but uh, yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Awful time. Yeah. I, and like, luckily you had friends of yours, like you brought, like, like in the video, they brought the assault bike and other things. So what kind of workouts were you doing in the two weeks you were there? Or, or did you barely do any workouts and just kind of like, just be a just yeah. lump it on, just I try, lazy. Yeah. I try to do something every day, but honestly, your mood and your um, your drive, your desire just goes downhill so fast um, that I reckon I would have done maybe five workouts over the 14 days, and they would have been rubbish workouts. Like, it's so, it gets so stuffy in the room, you know, like there's no ventilation, there's no, you know, so you're sweating up a storm in this little room. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I did a few. I can't even remember. You know, they weren't significant workouts. I just binged. I pretty much watched all of Netflix. You know, I completed Netflix. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, 
was on my bed just watching Netflix for two weeks straight. It was, yeah, it was actually, it was probably the, the worst two weeks of my life. It was awful. I don't yeah. wish it on anyone to do, uh, do isolation in a hotel for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's insane. Insane. Like I can't, I can't imagine it doing it in the States too. So. Oh, yeah. It's awful, man. Um, I mean, even yeah. with, even with, even with my son and I got it, I got it. Like I was luckily I had TV, like a TV and I had like, actually I got COVID twice. And so, um, we had, I, I was down in the basement just like all by myself. Cause I was like, had COVID. So they gave me like two water jugs and I was like doing workouts with the water jugs and like, like just hopping, <laughs> just like dying because of like, I couldn't breathe that well. And then after a while I was just like, okay, like this is, this is not fun anymore. Just, I was watching like nah. lame, lame movies just to get the time go by and then go to sleep. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 I can't imagine being two weeks just locked up in there. Cause I could have gone outside yeah. and just chilled out. Yeah, exactly. And I don't really sleep that much. I sleep like seven hours a night. So you try and sleep more, but it's, yeah, it's hard to kind of force yourself to sleep, you know? Um, yeah, I don't even know how I got through it, man. It's hard to even think back to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I was blocked out of my, blocked out of my memory for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then, then you just like, you know, went back home and started creating more, you know, YouTube con like content and stuff like that. So did you see a, like an uptick of views after, you know, working with Matt and all those guys? Um, I think I had a few great moments that I filmed, like I filmed Tia coming out of the water that year yeah. um, on event number one. Um, you've probably seen the video where she comes out of the water and I, and just like fist pumps and screams, like she looks straight at my camera and screams. So I captured that moment and um, and that I created really out of that and that really kind of went viral. That blew, and, that blew up. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it blew up massively. Yeah, so, you know, um, there's kind of two ways of growth. Like there's, there's that kind of growth, which is not, it's got nothing to do with me. It's not about who I am as a person or, it's all about you know how amazing Tia is. Like obviously I captured the, the video, but the reason it went viral is because of who Tia is, not because of what I've done. So um so you have that kind of viral growth. But then I think for me it's more just um uh, just the internal validation of knowing that you know I'm I'm good enough to work for someone like Matt and mm -hmm. and just the people you meet, the connections you make. That those are the really really valuable things. Um yeah, so I don't think it was like a necessarily a significant uptake in my personal content um, viewing but um but i knew that my network was strengthened and i met some awesome people and i knew that that will just slowly roll onto more opportunities which it has so um yeah i try and think of it that way more these days and you know, i'm more like depth rather than width you know uh, you get your viral videos which kind of like this vanity vanity metrics really um they're fun you know it's awesome to wake up to fifty thousand new subscribers yeah. um <laughs> but, but it's also not it's not fun to think about uh they're not really here for me. You know, they kind of came here because they maybe they think they're following Tia or whatever, you know, they, they're not really here for, for me in my backyard gym, you know? Um, and th those are the create, those are the subscribers that I really care about are the people that actually are invested into my story and, and my life. So um, I'd rather have less subscribers and, and less views, but people that are really, you know, really into it and, and, yeah. and really invested in my stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, what are um, the, what are the, some of the things that you've, you know, after working with with Matt, that have come up to, come up to you like, like companies or whatnot, you're like, holy cow! Like this company's reaching out to me to work with them, or I get to you know film this person or whatnot. Like, what are some of the things that you thought would would never happen, but actually came true to you? Um, I think I've had some great opportunities just to go to local. Like there's um there's some events in New Zealand, you know, just across the ditch from us here in Australia. Um, where they've flown me out to come and be part of the weekend. Like they've paid for my expenses to just come and be part of the comp just because I know that I'm a match videographer and I'll create some cool videos. So um, recently there was a competition in Perth, Australia, which is really like another country for us. It's like a 
six-hour flight across the country um, from where I am to Perth. Um, mm. They had a big event there, and they they flew out. You know, the three games, the three male games athletes from Australia. So um, Jay Crouch, Bailey Martin, and um, and Jake Douglas. They flew those three boys out, and then I was the fourth person they flew out. Um, <laughs> just you know, just to so I was like, oh, I've got these three games athletes, and then you know this creator. So just, it's cool just to have those opportunities where they wouldn't have flown me out there if I wasn't you know the HWPO videographer at the games. You know. Um, yeah, so there's been things like that. It's been really cool. And um, yeah, there's lots, lots of athlete managers. So there's, there's managers that, that manage athletes and they will tell a brand that, hey, um, so let's, let's say the athlete is a sponsor. For example, so Jay Crouch, he's sponsored by Reebok. Mm. And so his manager told Reebok that, hey, we only want to work with Vegas. And so stuff like that, um, you know, it helps a ton for the financial, you know, it really helps me with my, um, what I earn, you know, every year and just um, get him some cool jobs. So it's cool that the athletes, managers, and their team kind of recognize me and know who I am. So it helps then, even if the brand doesn't know who I am, the kind of manager makes it happen. They, you know, they trust what I do. So yeah, it's been really cool, man. Um, That's awesome. I'll, I'll probably never know the the full impact of, you know, of what it's done. You know, um, yeah. So it's cool. Yeah, I I, lo I love the workout videos that you do. And so one yeah. of the one of the questions I have so. You always like when you get ready for set to set up for like a lift or something like that. You go like sa sa like where where did where, where did that where did that come from? I don't know. I think it may be from like you know being a youngster doing bodybuilding workouts. Maybe me and my mates used to. <laughs> maybe it was a thing that we used to do and it stuck. You know, it's like the sexy beast thing. You know, like someone called me a sexy beast at school. You know, thirty years ago or you know twenty five years ago, and it just kind of stuck. Um, so I can't remember where the sa came from, but that's just become a thing. It's like sa, like let's go. It's just that, yeah, heist, heist me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has like little quirks that I do. Like I, I sit up and I just like I stomp on the ground twice with my right, my my right leg, and that's that's pretty much it. Or just to get a good yeah. grunt out. That's it. But yeah, okay, yeah. all right. And, yeah, when you're when you're a content creator, um, that's the thing that people kind of, um, you know, when you have these little little nuggets, little quirks about yourself, that's what people really kind of latch onto. They go, that's all the stuff they remember. And you can kind of, you can create more things along those lines. So you could create a t-shirt that says Sa on it, you know, and all the all the people that watch my stuff could buy the shirt that says Sa because they get it, you know. Um, so yeah, it's cool to have those little, those little nuggets that's kind of special to you, like unique to you as a person. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. So um, you were, you were at the, you recently at the uh, Down Under Championship. So yeah. with the, with those guys and, and stuff like that. So when you got when you got there, what what was their expectations of you? You know, creating content for that competition. Yeah, so it kind of evolved from last year. So last year was the first time they kind of ran it. Um, it actually used to be a, a comp back in the day that they kind of brought back. But so I'd say it was it was year one of the new iteration of the Down Under Championships. Mm -hmm. The first time they brought over like international athletes and stuff like that. So last year they asked me to kind of run the media and they said to me, we just want to, we want you to do whatever you did at Torium. So whatever you created at Torium Pro, just duplicate that here. And I said to them, look, I've got this guy that's worked under me as my kind of my second in charge guy at Torium. How about I give him the job and I'll create some vlogs while I'm there for myself. And then I'll just give him anything that he needs. If he needs some footage that I captured, I can give it to him and kind of help him. So, um, so that was year one. So I kind of did a combination of vlogging and helping the event of their content. And he did a great job. Um, his name's Theo. He did a great job. Um, and then this year, he ran, he ran it by himself. And I said to the event, I'd love to come down and just, just, work, just do my own thing. Like, I don't want to work for you guys. I don't want to work for anyone else. If you'd be happy to give me behind-the-scenes access, I can just create some great vlogs and just showcase the, uh, the event. 
So that's actually my very first event that I've gone to and not shot for any brand. So I didn't have any any paid jobs. I was just like, I'm here to create my own vlogs. And um, yeah, the, the guys were great. They gave me full access behind the scenes. So I could just, you know, wander around the warm-up zone. And um, yeah, so it's cool for them to kind of, it's cool to, to know that they see the value and having me there, even though I'm not actually creating for the event. Um, so yeah, I think I created three or four vlogs there and they yep. went really well. So yeah, yeah it's cool. Yeah, I, I yeah. liked it when uh, Jake Douglas told the story of how he got kicked off the team. <laughs> yeah. In the video. Yeah, so that, was, that was pretty funny. And then, like, obviously, the Noah Olsen was like in between the ski erg, and he's like, Did you see my elf ears? You know, that, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Uh, so, so what was it like having like all those American athletes and other athletes from like different countries coming in for a competition like this? And then obviously they know you. So, you know, what, what were you like? What was your expectations for talking to them and kind of vice versa? Yeah, well, that's the coolest thing is that there's now, you know, if you take me back four years, you know, I didn't know any of these athletes, didn't have any of these networks. So it's pretty crazy to look back over the last four years and go, man, I've got this international network now of friends that will come to my country and compete. And we'll just kind of head off like we just saw each other yesterday. Like, Noah, Noah's a great example. I met yeah. Noah in 2019 in Hawaii and then, um, yeah, now you know we're good buddies now. Um, I took some photos for him and um, Joanne for their when they got engaged. Um, oh, cool! At the games, yeah, he asked me to say, "Hey, I'm gonna, um, I've got some rings, and I want you to take some photos um, of me and Joanne by the, you know, it's by the water." So it's cool to have those those things happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's awesome for us in Australia. We're so isolated over here. It feels like sometimes because I really miss out on the bigger CrossFit experience as such. Um, so it's really cool to have the Americans come over and and get in the mix, you know. Um, and they seem to love it. You know, they really embraced uh, all the Aussie things. Um, I think with the girls, Danny Spiegel's team on the last workout, they all had these oversized shirts on and they had like um, Australian animals. I think Danny wore like, you know, a kangaroo and then Jesse wore like a koala. And it's really cool how they kind of embrace the, the Aussie experience while they're here and really get into it. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah. So yeah. what what athlete what, that you – thought you kind of knew but then you actually met him in person like totally totally changed your perspective on them Ooh. um sheesh I'm trying to think i mean james newbury would be a, a classic like if i look back at um all oh, oh yeah yeah i mean james newbury is a special one like i think i always um i always look up to james before I, before I met him i always looked up to him as an athlete i always um yeah, I always knew he was a great athlete, but then when I met him, just uh, yeah, he's probably been like blown me away the most with his his kindness and 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 just genuineness, I guess. Um, oh, actually, yeah, Jay Crouch is the same, like just the nicest guys. Eh? Like they just they treat you like you're the superstar, you know? Like they kind of they always hype your stuff up with, that you're doing. Um, like James Newbury, you know, he's a he's a vegetarian, he's a vegan, vegan, you know, like he's got a um a plant-based protein company and he's just like hyping up and telling everyone about my my meat business i've started i've started a dry a yeah. dried meat company and he is this vegan you know like just um because i'm his friend and he believes in me um he's hyping up my my company that kind of you know goes <laughs> goes against the stuff that he believes in but um but my friendship to him is more important you know to him than you know he can kind of put that stuff aside and still champion me even though you know we've got some different differences in that sense um, yeah, he's one guy who, yeah, who really blew me away when I met him for the first time. Pat Valner, same thing. Like Pat Valner and Michelle picked me up in Hawaii. I was walking along the road to the gym and they pulled up and picked me up. And again, just, um, yeah, I mean, all these CrossFit athletes are pretty down to with people. Eh? They all kind of blow you away when you meet them. 
Yeah, there's no one who really stands out because they've they've all just been they've all been pretty pretty crazy to me. Um, yeah, maybe maybe someone will come up while we chat, but I can't yeah. think of anyone in particular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um so af- after the down under championship, you actually went to Sweden too. To see, yeah. you went to the butcher box, which from the what you said, what what looked like in the video it looked like a pretty sick, sick box. Yeah, super unique. Yeah, it's my second time in Denmark. Um, the gym hasn't changed that much. It's yeah, it's a super unique. They've just kind of embraced, you know, it literally used to be an old butchery, um, and so they've just embraced that look. They haven't tried to change it. They kept the you know the little white tiles that you see in these old school horror movies. Um, and the butchery, you know, they've, they've, kept, they've kept that look. They've still got the same beams. You kind of imagine these big carcasses hanging off these big beams that go across. Um, and they've just created a really cool vibe, cool gym in there, you know, and they kind of just, they lean into it, you know, they lean into the, the I think they call the, um, they call the coaches, what do they call them? Some weird oh, name. I, 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 literally, um, I literally saw the video today too, and I, I literally can't remember. Oh, sla- what slaughter, ma- slaughter Master. Okay. Slaughter yeah, Master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think it's, they call the coaches Slaughter Masters. Um, so yeah, it's cool, man. It's a really unique gym. I love going to boxes that are a little bit quirky like that. They kind of got a bit of a different vibe to everyone else. Um, yeah, those boys are very creative and and very good businessmen. Yeah, yeah. And then you went to the yeah. Illico headquarters too, which was probably a bucket yeah. list. It could have could have been a bucket list for you. So what would like that video when you went in there and like kind of learned and like kind of understood the barbell and then you snuck in the back with the camera, kind of like walking and made yourself a barbell. So like, what, what was that whole environment like? Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, again, that's another opportunity where they flew me over to just come and be part of this event to create a couple of videos for myself, not for them. Um, that's another great opportunity that's come from, I, I think, you know, from being at HWPO and all that. So uh, yeah, I mean, I like how, it's huge. You know, like it's, it's like the, the rogue of Europe, I guess. Um, it's massive. And so, yeah, they do things so well, you know, um, the Swedes, it's just, everything's just perfect. You know? It's just clean and measured and perfect. You know, they're so uh, methodical and intense about what they do. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to experience such a, such a beautiful space. And the gear is really amazing. Like it's awesome to use. They actually yeah. gave me, um, I'll show you these real quick. Um, they gave me a couple of sets of these, um, like C clips, yeah, C clips, yep. Yeah, yeah. They also, I've never seen them before, but they, yeah, they're so nice. And so I've been using those every day in the gym. So, yeah, it was a crazy experience. It was cool. Yeah, and they, and it looks like they had like a little bar next to like the deadlift platform that you they were next to. So, yeah, um, and like it looked like so clean and so so nice over there. And you PR your back squat. Congratulations, by the way. So, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so look, looking at that gym and obviously, obviously the butcher box too. Are you? Do you see some ideas from those two places to kind of update your home gym? You're like, hey, maybe I could put this in here. Maybe could I could put that in there. Um, no, I don't think so. I think they are such a different level, you know. Like, I mean, Lake Coast obviously it was a world class facility. You know, millions of dollars of <laughs> of uh, equipment there and stuff. Um, and they, you know, they kind of host um, professional athletes. You know, like t- like Olympic lifting teams that come and train there. Uh, butcher's box maybe um but no i think it just inspires it just inspires me i guess to just um yeah just keep being original and leading to like obviously the butcher's box they kind of leaned into you know the environment they were in and the, the kind of facility mm-hmm. they got given and yeah. same the laker you know they've got they've got their thing which is like pristine beautiful perfect you know best of the best and so i think it's just um if anything just inspires me to just keep um being authentic i guess and just just keep doing my thing and forging my way you know not try and be like other people and you can have success both ways you know um mm-hmm. 
yeah so yeah, yeah. it's cool it's, it's inspirational for sure yeah, very cool. So speaking of success, you started another company you talked about earlier. So the the, the built on is it lean? Is, is I believe it's called Lean, correct? Cool. Yeah, it's called Lean. Yeah. Yeah. So what what made you get involved? What made you start that for uh you know that company? Yeah. So my dad's been making built on. So for those who don't know built on, I hate saying it's like beef jerky because it's not, but that's probably the most the most similar thing. So it's dried it's dried meat, dried beef, and so dad's been making built on for over twenty years. Um, you know, it's a South African, like a South African product. Um, and so he just sells it locally. He always opens up little shops and just sells it to the people in the neighborhood. And it's such a great product. People love it. It's so healthy. Like it's really high in protein, uh, really low in carbohydrates and it's uh, low in sugar. It's, just, it's a great snack. It's tasty, really tasty. And so I thought, we, we surely we can take this product and ship it around the country, you know? Um, and the challenge is that most beef jerky um, sits on shelves or hangs on a shelf forever. It yeah. has to be either really dry, has, like it's almost like tasting like eating cardboard. It's so dry, or they have to pump it full of preservatives to keep it fresh. You know, so our idea was to be different in the sense that we want to do pack to order and send it straight to the consumer. So, so we'll never do like wholesale. We won't put it in the supermarkets. We'll just if you order it, we'll take it off the shelf, we'll cut it fresh, box it up, and send it to you. So you get like fresh, tender, dried meat rather than something that tastes like cardboard or that's got yeah. preservatives. So yeah, just a great healthy snack, and we do them in these little tubes. Um, let me show you a tube. Whoa. Here we go. Got it all on hand. So, yeah, there's little hundred gram tubes. Okay. Um, so it's a nice, yeah, so you kind of throw that in your gym bag or in your golf bag, or you know, take it in the car, and it's just a nice, nice easy way to pop it open and take your meat out of there. Um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. We only just launched two weeks ago, so it's pretty fresh. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for the new year. It's going to be my my main thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, is, is have you gotten a bunch of orders already so far? Yeah, I mean, so we did a bit of a soft launch and just kind of relied on my my followers in Australia, um, and that's been amazing. Like lots of good support. Yeah. And then in the in the new year, I'm just I'm just banking up some content to really punch, like push out lots of content in the new year and run some ads and try and really spread the word. Um, yeah, and see if I can make it a make it something substantial. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you gonna make like a sexy video of you with your shirt off and like water spraying up in the air and like you just slowly <laughs> like taking a bite of like the built on? <laughs> the content will be cinematic. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. That's. I think that's gonna be. I don't know if I'll take my shirt off and do that, but uh, I, I can. <laughs> I'll put that on the suggestion. I'll put that on the list of content ideas for sure. Okay. Um, do, yeah. Definitely. Definitely yeah. do that. So. Yeah. But no, I do. I want to have a lot of. I want to have a lot of fun with it. Like, I don't want to do the classic like just product shots. I want to actually do some fun stuff and creative stuff to kind of uh, just break through the noise, you know, like it's, it's hard these days to kind of um, make a business work, online business. So you've got to be a bit different in your content and be creative, have some fun. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, what, yeah. what online, what like, um, you know, other companies that you've looked at that kind of you wanted to not copy, but like, you know, you like their design of how they do the packaging or like, you know, how they do the logo. Have, have you any got any like, you know, people you kind of look up to, to kind of, you know, make, make lean look good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one company in the States that you probably know is, um, beam. Um, yeah. What's yeah. The beam. Yeah. Uh, beam, the drink, yeah. Like the, yep. yeah. Beam. So yeah. So they're like, their branding and, and they look really inspired me. Um, just something that's clean and, and something that everyone can kind of, everyone can use and, and feel like it fits and you know, it fits kind of in a lot of different spaces. So the goal was to be able to have, have a product that I can, you know, you can throw in a gym bag, you can throw in a golf bag, you can take it hiking or fishing and, it just kind of suits any environment. Um, yeah, so that, that was definitely a big inspiration for me was Beam. Um, yeah, I've always loved design. Like I've always had a bit of an eye for design and 
I basically designed this myself, like um, probably like 80%, 80% of it was me. And then I just kind of took the idea to design it so I can just tidy this up and, and get it ready for print. But I did it all myself. So um, yeah, I love that stuff. I love creating products and, and branding. Yeah. 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 How long did it take to make the design the logo and all the packaging and stuff for you? It's about a six months process from from idea to like from having the idea to getting the like getting the packaging arrived here. Probably in a, about a six month process. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's an idea that me and my dad spoke about on the golf course one day, and it's it's cool to finally have it all all here ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. How how cool is it to actually hold your physical product after you know oh. the six month six month like whole process of talking about it starting it then getting a getting a label like you know design and then finally getting the package like what was your first feeling of getting that first pet box of lean for you oh it's like you're like a kid at christmas time you know it's so exciting i think i think everyone should do it like as a side as a side hustle or just uh everyone should have a crack at just creating something you know like even if it doesn't amount to anything um just the process of having an idea and then actually creating a thing because these days you can do it, you know, you can do it pretty cheaply as well. You know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. But if you have a bit of savings set aside, I would really encourage people to um to have a crack at have a crack at trading a a product of some sort. You know, and and who knows, maybe it's your next business and kind of get you out of your day job. But that is so re- so rewarding to uh get to finally hold the thing that you've been dreaming about and see it in real life. You know, it's yeah, it's unreal. So um yeah i love it i i guess we've done it a few times with we used to own gyms and we used to do merch you know so you kind of come up with an idea from merch and then you get a printer and pick out that box from the printer with all the t-shirts yeah. it's so yeah it's so exciting that's awesome yeah. yeah that's awesome that's very cool so um yeah with um so is that going to cause with with lean and stuff is that going to cause you to kind of slow down on the youtube stuff or like what or do you have like a set schedule of like what you want to do when to produce content for youtube and work at lean at the same time and also being a family guy too. That's another, that's one of the main things. Yeah. So I think one part of my life I probably don't show enough is just the work I do for other clients. And um, I think for me, what I want to do is I want to put more time and effort into my own content. So I used to upload on YouTube two or three times a week. Mm. Um, at the moment, it's more like once a fortnight, you know, if I'm lucky, you know, so I want to create more of my own content. And so starting my, my online business, the goal for it is to set me free from having to work for other clients. Um, Cause working for clients can be really time consuming. You know, there's a lot of revisions back and forth. And yep. um, I do a little bit of work outside the fitness space as well, just to pay the bills. So I do a bit of work and like um, uh, for a few builders that build houses. So in the real estate kind of sector and, and I'm grateful for that work, um, but I'd be lying if I say I enjoy it. Like it's not what I want to be doing. And so I thought if I can start an online product that can, because um, dad, dad produces the product, so I don't have to worry about producing the product. He's already got that sorted. Yeah. So I just buy, I just buy the product from him. And then, I mean, I can, I can employ anyone to, um, to help me package and send it off. It's not a, you know, it's not a high skill or a hard job to do. So it should hopefully eventually be a business that's, that's pretty hands-off for me. Um, and yes, yeah, so the goal is for it to kind of replace some of the client work I've been doing so that I can do more more of my own YouTube videos and which is what I love. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, uh, I've shown myself at Down Under, uh, the videos I created Down Under performed really well. And, um, and the kind of Google, the Google payment this month looks a lot healthier than some of the other months. Uh, I've never relied on that. It's always been like a little nice to have, mm-hmm. but seeing that, seeing those four videos do really well and, and seeing what the payment's going to be this month from Google for the ad, the ad sense. I'm like, Oh man, if I can put more focus and effort here, maybe I can actually, make this YouTube thing a, a real job, you know, like it's, um, yeah, cause it, it can be, you know, people do it. People do full-time YouTube and it's a, uh, it's a bit of a dream for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, so speaking about yeah. full-time YouTube, so obviously Craig and Jazz from, you know, Hustle Me, like Team Richie. So do, do, have you heard their story or have they lost like a significant amount of money from their company and stuff like that? Now they're kind of like vlogging every single day. So do you think vlogging every single day for you might be a possibility or, you know, would that be, you know, a road to getting burnt out the whole time? I'd love to give it a go at some stage for maybe like a month or something. I don't think I'll be able to sustain every day. Um, Craig's amazing, man. He's such a he's such a great creator. Like people don't realize how hard it is to put out a video every day, uh, and his stuff's always always entertaining and engaging, and he's always giving out some kind of information, whether it's on training or business. You know, um, so yeah, Craig and Jazz are really good friends, and but I've definitely heard their story. So it's um, yeah, but I think he just loves doing it. I think when he's in the groove, like that's just what he loves doing. You know, I think he would, yeah, he would do that regardless of how the business was going, because um, he just he just loves creating content, and loves you know. Um, so yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I'll definitely get back to doing at least two or three videos a week. I want to be a lot more regular. Um, and I want to be okay with the fact that it's not always going to be down on a championship weekend, you know, like it's it's going to be in the backyard training. Um, and the fact that you, you know, the fact that you say you like my training videos and, you know, my little quirks like saying Saab before I do a set of whatever, <laughs> that, that makes me feel, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it's not that dumb. Maybe people do care. Maybe maybe it is okay to just create you know, little videos around home, you know? So um I think we just, I can get in my head sometimes and go, oh, you know, I'm not in the cross of games. Like, what's the point of making a video at home, having an ice bath, you know? But people care. People do watch that stuff. Um, yeah. It's, a lot, it's relatable, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I like watching your content. So I, every time a new video comes up, I try to watch it, you know, that day or, or whatnot. So I try to get as much as I can in if I'm not with the kids or not. But, yeah, the, your, your, I like – that's the reason why I had you on the podcast again because I like your content and stuff. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, means a lot and yeah i mean that's the, the main the most rewarding thing is this like the most rewarding thing is going to an event and meeting someone to watch your videos or jumping on a podcast with someone to watch your videos that's me like oh man this is this is really cool like it's a it makes the internet actually worthwhile you know because like, it can yeah a lot of stuff out there is so negative and you know um the internet and social media can get such a bad rap but um but this stuff's where the value is you know like this is real this is like a real connection a real conversation and it's come through me making a stupid YouTube video in the backyard, you know? So, um, that's cool. I love that. That's, I love that part of, about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool yeah. for me too, as well, because I'll have somebody that's never seen a podcast or never heard a podcast of mine. And all of a sudden, like they'll see me at the gym and like, Oh, I just heard your podcast. And like, you, you do a great job. And it's just like, Oh, re really? Really? You think, you think so? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to get that, you know, gratification and whatnot. But like, you know, I don't, try i don't i don't want it to go to my head i just want to you know talk to people that i think that's interesting and getting another side of them that pretty much no one else gets a side of so yeah that's cool man i love that um yeah and i think that's what that's what's so valuable about podcasting you know like um it's not the highlight it's not the highlight reel you see on instagram it's actually mm -hmm. yeah it's much deep much deeper and yeah like you said you get to see another side of someone so i love podcasts so it's it's great yeah yeah how, so how was it being on Savan's podcast for like an hour and a half or how, however long he talks? Yeah, I think it was two. I think it was two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I've always been a fan of him. You know, like love him or hate him. Um, he's definitely a good interviewer. Uh, he definitely does a good job at pulling things out of you and asking good, good questions. Um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. He's um, he's a good dude, man. I think he's a good dude underneath it. <laughs> underneath it yeah. all, you know, he, he, might, he might rub some people up the wrong way and say things that offend people, but um, – 
but he just speaks his mind and you know um i think we should all be allowed to do that so yeah, yeah. exactly so do you get yeah. nervous when you go on a show at all or do you like when you get do you get little butterflies when you were like okay he wants you wants me to be on this show at this date and time all right i gotta i gotta click this link so you know do you get like a little butterflies here and there once in a while a little bit yeah i mean Less now because I think I've uh, you know I'm, I'm getting to the age now where I, I start to care less. You know how you get older, you start yep. to care less about what people think. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think I'm I'm finally getting to that age. I'm 37 now, so I'm starting to care less about what people think and just my life's an open book now, you know, more or less. So um, in the past, you'd like you want to keep things close to your chest and not you know share certain things. But um, but no, I'd be I'd lie if I say I wasn't a bit nervous going on there. Like I was like, what's this guy going to ask me? You know, like um, I, I could I could go anywhere. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you never you never know with him. So, um, but no, it was fun. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Just wait, wait till you turn forty. Then it like it really switches to like you do not give a flying fuck about anything. So you're just like <laughs> yeah. whatever. I'm forty four, yeah. and it's like at the point I'm like, nah, I don't I don't care. Whatever. Oh well. Yeah, exactly. And like. Yeah, my son's like, oh, this happened and this happened. Like, what are we gonna do? And I'm like, that's fine. Figure something yeah. out. So, my wife, my wife loves me. My daughter loves me. It's gonna be all good, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it, it doesn't matter what that person thinks or says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, I one of one of the questions I have is, you were on the, like, I I think I think it was a Savad. So, you were talking to him when you turned 18. You became like a, you know, into you know, you became faithful to God and stuff like that. So, I. I have, so I have my thinking of it. And so, and I know you had your son pass away too, as well. So how, how do you see that and be like, okay, you know, I'm still going to worship God, even though this like really shitty thing happened. Because for example, for me, I would, I worked in an emergency, a kid's emergency room. And we, one of the kids, we, I had to do go to a code because um, it was a cancer, a kid with cancer. And so literally like when I was taking care of, when I was doing chest compressions on the kid, it was the size of my son at the same time. They're almost like the same age. And so like you, all I heard was like the banging of the head of the plastic underneath his, underneath his, underneath the board. And he, and I, well, I'm sorry, the person didn't make it. So, and I completely mm. lost it. And I'm like, how can, how can God do something like this to such a little person you know, like yeah. what, what's like, you know, how, how are you like faithful to God, even though like that happened to, to you? Like, cause you know, it's, it's really hard for me to, yeah. you know, to see that. Cause I see all these people dying, like not all the time, but like all this like crazy, like bad stuff happening. And it's just like, why would you let this happen? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I think um, if you're going to blame God for bad stuff that happens, you also have to, give him praise for the good stuff. And I think people are quick to say, oh, why does God let all this bad stuff happen? Like, why is he allowed all this bad stuff? Um, but they, they'll never give him praise for the good stuff. That's so, true, yeah. Yeah, you know, so as a Christian, I think, you know, what I believe is that we live in a broken world. So what that means is that, you know, um, just real quick, like if you go back to, you know, the beginning of the Bible, it talks about mm. Adam sinning. So sin enters the world and then things get messy, you know? So I believe that bad things happen to good people and bad people and good things happen to bad people and good people. You know, like um, there's a verse in the Bible where it says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. It's just the way the life this is the way the life is. So um, yeah, I think, I mean, if, if it'd be so easy to believe in God when if things are perfect, like if, yeah, true. If, yeah. If, we, if we were controlled by God, like if we didn't have free will, if he just controlled us and he kept everything perfect, 
you know, um, what's uh, what reward is it loving someone who's actually controlling you to love them? You know, so we've got free will, so we can, you know, we can do whatever we want, and therefore people do bad things and bad things happen. You know, um, so yeah, so I think you know God doesn't control us. That's I guess that's the main the main way I would answer is that He doesn't control. Mm-hmm. us and also um we do live in a world that's not the way that he intended so he never intended for death to enter the world um you know so yes yeah, so, i mean it's believe me when, when my son passed away i had i had it out with god like it was a you know i had many nights where i would you know be yelling and swearing at god um and had it out with him because i was just like so angry you know um but i i just had this understanding somehow i just had something that this wasn't, he didn't want this to happen. Like it's not, he didn't make this happen. Mm. Um, and I still believe, even though it's a terrible thing, I still believe that he's real. And I still believe that he's got a, a plan for life and that he's going to, he's going to make it right. That's the whole story about the Bible is, you know, God promises that he's going to redeem everything and make it right, you know, in the end of it. So I choose to hold on to that hope, I guess, you know, um, and people might look at that and go, oh, that's just, you know, false hope. And it's just weakness, but I would rather have hope, I would rather hold on to that hope that my son's, you know, with God in heaven, I'm going to see him one day again. I'd rather hold on to that hope than not have it. So, um, yeah, so people might think it's just a blind, a blind kind of, you know, hoping to make yourself feel better and get through life. But, um, yeah, that, that's my, that's for me, that's very real. Is that, uh, yeah, I do believe he's real regardless of, you know, how bad things get, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a story in the Bible of a guy called Job. And, yeah, he's a classic example of everything went wrong. His kids died. His wife left him. He, you know, he got sick, and he still said, you know, even though all this happens, I still, I still praise you, God. Like I still trust that you're real, and um, yeah. So that's yeah. It's, it's a, I guess I hope that answers some of it. It's a tough one to yeah, answer, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah. Things aren't. Life isn't fair. Life's life's broken for sure. Yeah. yeah, I, I always, I know when you were talking about that, I was, I was thinking like, everyone hones in on the negatives, not the positives, and so yeah. I'm like, okay, I got to look at the positives of like you know, other things that I've seen, you know, I, you know, maybe this kid with cancer didn't want to live like that anymore. And so that's the reason why, you know, they were, you know, went up to heaven or whatnot. So yeah, who who knows? Like, you know, but you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just like being in the medical field for like, for so long, you see all this, like, especially in the emergency room, you see all this like crazy stuff, like shootings, stabbings, like killings, like all this, like, you know, people dying of cancer, you know, people coding for no reason and all that stuff. And it's just like, like, I'm not, in that, I'm not, yeah, I'm not in that world anymore. Like I've like, I think four or five years past that, but it's just like, you know, it, there's some, there's some people, there's some like episodes or some scenes that I've worked with that will never leave, leave my head ever, ever. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like, it's sure. hard. So yeah. And I think, you know, ultimately, you know, we'd like to try and explain things and I'd like to come up with an answer that makes sense. But the reality is there are some stuff that I will never know that I won't understand. Yeah. And I'll have to just ask God one day, like, what was up with that dude? Like, the, the, I don't get it. Um, and I'm okay with that as well. I'm okay with not knowing it all. Um, but, you know, I've heard this great story the other day of, um, this is a little story to kind of explain whether something is good or bad. Like this, uh, this guy uh, bought his son a horse and people were like, oh, what a lucky son, you know, like, what a blessing, you know, you got a, he's got a horse. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the dad's like, oh, we'll see. I don't know. Is the horse a blessing or is it a curse? I don't know. And then the, the son falls off the horse and breaks his back and he's paralyzed, you know. And the guy's like, oh, well, what, a, what, a, what a curse, you know. Like your son's in a wheelchair now. He's like, well, is it a blessing or is it a curse, you know. 
And then, you know, a few years later, all the young men got enrolled, had to go to the, to the war, but he couldn't be enrolled to go to the war because he was in a wheelchair. So they're like, oh, your son is so blessed, doesn't have to go to the war. It's like, well, we'll see. Is it a blessing? Is it a curse? So we don't know. Like something, it depends on how you look at it, you know, like yeah. we don't know. As a, we look at it and go, oh, that's so bad. You know, God, God's not real. How can you let this happen? We're like, well, just wait and see. Just wait and see how it turns out. You know, like we're kind of like, we're stuck on this page today. You know, like our, I look at our life as like a book or a story. And we're stuck on this page right now, right here. It's all we can see is all we control is like this moment. Whereas, you know, God's the author for me. Like he sees the whole book. He can move between the pages and he can go to the end and go to the, the back. And it's, um, yeah, we've got to let the chapters play out. And just, I just trust that the story's going to end well. Um, and that's kind of what faith is for me, you know. So hopefully that kind of helps people understand how I view it anyway a little bit. Um, yeah, no, that helps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, that's that's how, I can, that's how I can watch my son die and still still love God. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Very cool. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I'm so, I'm sorry. Like we ended it almost out of that, like a, like a, a you know, nah, I interesting love it, note, but, uh, but we yeah. got, we got our rapid fire questions. I know we haven't talked in like two and a half years. So um, it's, if they're not rapid fire, you can take as long as you want. So um, obviously you kind of talked about your company before uh, your company lean before. Um, do you have any other goals the rest of the year you want to hit, um, you know, another deadlift PR or, you know, more YouTube content? Like what, what's, it, it could be personal and business wise. So personal, I want to get more mobile, more flexible. Cause I feel like, um, my back, my squatting is limited by my mobility. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually spending every day now, spending 20 minutes of uh, mobility and stretching, which I've never done in my life. I've always like gone, ah, stretching doesn't work. You know, like, yeah. they're like, oh, <laughs> I feel like I finally, I finally come to terms with it that I'm not going to increase my back squat. It was my deadlift, by the way, that I PR'd. I think my deadlift at uh, LA and other. Yeah, that, oh, but did um, I say back squat? I'm sorry, I meant deadlift. I think my, yeah, my back squat's rubbish. Like, so big goal this year is to I want to squat 180 uh, kgs. I don't know how many, I don't know how many pounds that is for your your listeners. Hold, hold on, hold on. Um, what you said 180? Yeah, 180 kgs is what I like to squat. Three 396. 396. Yeah. 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 Let's make it 400. I like I like to squat 400 pounds. Yeah, let's go. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I'm about, I'm about 20 kgs off, like 45 pounds off, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think mobility is the thing that's holding me back. So that's a fitness goal for sure. Um, business goal is just to get lean successful, I guess. Like just, you know, um, it's been, we're just investing some money into it. So now just hoping to kind of get it profitable and get the word out. So that's definitely a business goal is to just get this new business humming. So, um, yeah, man, those are two goals. Okay. All right. Um, so what next question? So what is your favorite book other than the Bible? Ooh. It could it's be fiction. It, it, it could be fiction or nonfiction. Sorry, I forgot to add yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's right. No, no. Um, I don't really read fictional books uh, much, but I there's a book called um The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a finance book. It's little it's a little book. You probably read it within like two days, two or three days. But that's probably the book that's had the most impact on my life, on my financial life anyway. There's some really nice, simple principles to uh, to do well with your money. So The Richest Man in Babylon, highly recommend it. Yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, what What is something, I wish I went back to the podcast like for this question, but uh, what is something that you, you like to do but no one else knows about? Oh, no one else knows about? Sheesh. I eat, I eat more chocolate than people know for sure. Like I, when I stop at the service station to fill up my car, yeah, I, I pick up a chocolate most times, you know, like I think I, uh, <laughs> I think people, I think people are probably surprised at how much chocolate I eat. So I do enjoy, I do enjoy smashing a chocolate bar and most people probably don't know, don't know about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so <laughs> um, what's your, what's your go-to chocolate bar? 
I love a Kit Kat. Okay. And I love. Do you guys get Aero over there? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like little bubbles, little bubbles inside. Yeah. Aero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Kit Kat and Aero are probably my go-to's. Um, love Turkish Delight. Yeah. I've got a few favorites. <laughs> nice. I, yeah. 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 I, if if my my go-to is Reese's peanut butter cups by far. Oh, yeah. I do like those. Yeah. yeah. yeah but like I I really don't eat them because obviously my blood sugar would just through, shoot through the roof for my diabetes. So yeah. I'm, I kind of yeah yeah I kind of like take it easy on that. So. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> hopefully I, hopefully I'll uh, eat more of this stuff this year and less chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, you can make a chocolate flavored one. Yeah. Could you try and do that? Yeah. Sure. That could be a possibility. Um, so, yeah, yeah. so next question. So, what is in your gym bag now, other than lean? Um, I always have a belt. Um, of, yeah, like a, a weight belt, lifting belt, but only really used for squatting heavy, um, skipping rope, like a, a RPM speed rope. Um, and then I work with this company, or I use a grip called Sugar Sugar Grips. It's like mm-hmm. a New Zealand company started in New Zealand. Great, uh, great grips. But that's about it. Just grips, oh, lifters. I've got my Nike. Romaleos. Um yeah, so my lifters, my belt, my grips and my rope. That's pretty okay. much it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you really don't need a bag because you pretty much train at the house anyway. So Yeah, exactly. Unless I travel or I go to the local box every now and then. Um yeah, I just throw it in the bag and go. Nice. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So, yeah, it's funny, uh, I try and like I I started my crossfit gym back in two thousand eleven when in New Zealand you couldn't actually buy grips or belts. There was no one selling that stuff. So when I started CrossFit, it was kind of like, you know, just bare hands. No knee sleeves, no nothing. So I tr- I still try and keep it pretty uh pretty raw, you know, like try not to put too much armor on my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I typically I see that typically see that with like old like people over over forty. They wear like the knee sleeves, yeah. the weight belt, the wrist wraps, like the elbow <laughs> sleeve yeah. and all that stuff. You're just like, Are you gonna be, are you playing are you playing rugby or football or like what's the deal with this? Exactly. <laughs> They're like, yeah. Oh, I'm old, man, I'm old. I'm like, Okay, all right, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah. next question, shame belt or weight belt? Did you say shame belt? Yeah. It's like the shame belt. Do you put your weight belt underneath your shirt oh. or do you put it over the belt? Oh, I do a bit of both. Um, yeah. If I, if I remember, I put it underneath, but often I find like it, um, it like pinches my skin. So if I'm like going really heavy and I put it directly over my tummy, like I feel like it actually like pinches my skin. So most of the time over the top, okay. um, Unless I want to look like look good for a video, I'll pop it underneath my shirt. <laughs> but uh, I I, d- I dabble in both, yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. All right. So next question. So, how do you want people to know you as? Um, I think I want people to. I'd love people to know me as like being selfless. So being kind of being outwards focused. Um, yeah, I struggle with people that it's all about them, and you know. So I, I really want to be someone who's, um, yeah, just selfless and kind of uh, interested in other people, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then last question. So where can people reach out to you if they have any questions about like, you know, starting a YouTube channel or, you know, kind of getting the content creation business or even the the built on business? Yeah, for sure. Um, Instagram DM is my father, the best way. So um, yeah, just my full name, Bakey. It's a bit on, uh, on Instagram. Um, that's probably the best way to DM me there. Yeah. Awesome. I do check all my comments on my YouTube. Yeah. If you watch my YouTube videos, I do read all the comments. So you can always comment um, there as well, but I can DM this. Yeah. Yeah. How hard is it to respond to every single comment? Yeah. It's tough. I, yeah. I try and make time for it, but yeah, it's actually really hard. Um, I don't get that many comments. 
Um, it's interesting, like with YouTube videos, if you ask a question, you'll get lots of comments, and um, which is great for the algorithm. And I always forget to do that. It's always nice to ask a question in the video, at least to try and get some engagement. Um, but yeah, it's amazing how much it differs from not asking a question to asking the opinion of the, the audience. So mm -hmm. I should ask some more questions on there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, well, hey, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, you know, it was, I, I can't believe it's been two, I, I keep on saying like two and a half years, but it feels like it's been like not even a year. So, yeah, you know, great conversation and everything. And thank you for your time for, you know, doing this. No, of course, man. Anytime. I love it. Love what you do as well. Awesome.